What's up, everybody? Kevin Wagstaff here. Another episode of Spector Spotlight. I got Ben Moorhead on the show today, and he's a couple years in the business, but he came from a small town. So he started growing in a small town. I know I got lots of requests for that. So I love his story and I love some of his approaches to um, humility and not not peacocking as he calls it, which is a hilarious term. Um, and so he's really refreshing and I think he's great um, for everyone to listen to because he, for the new inspector, he'll give you some tips. He's growing now and, uh, and you know looking at the multi-inspector horizon ahead. So a great interview, great guy. We've met him and his wife in person, just a wonderful couple. Um, and I also want to put a bug in everyone's ear that we have some major announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks and months. Tons of exciting stuff. Um, next gen reporting, new mobile app, uh, Spectora Connect, all these other things to, that I'm teasing you for right now um, that I want you to keep look out for. And uh, Mike and I are going to do like a master's class for new home inspector growth courses. Lots of cool stuff. So um, be on the lookout for that. We'll be sending out blasts, putting stuff on social media. I might even do a podcast episode or two highlighting all these new cool features, initiatives, things that all help you guys out um, that use Spectora. So once again, we appreciate you all. I appreciate everyone that listens to this. Um, if you can, leave us a review on the App Store. That helps get it more visible to more home inspectors and, uh, and helps us keep doing more episodes. And then also, if you can share it with your local uh, or with your home inspector groups online or your inspector friends that you think this would be helpful for, I would sincerely appreciate it because um, I put a lot of work into these and I really enjoy doing them. And uh, I want to keep doing more. So thanks again. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Cool, man. Well, it's good to see your face. It's been, how long was it since we met and w- at which conference was it? I was trying to remember just now. We, we met um, at the 2019 ASHI conference in San Diego. San Diego. That's what I yeah. figured. Yep. Which seems like forever ago. Yeah, I can't even remember really anything about it except that we met there and uh, it was beautiful because it's San Diego, of course, but. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I- and I, I just remember really enjoying, uh, cause you and your wife run the business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just remember being so, it was so refreshing cause, um, you know, you never know what you're going to get sometimes at Ashi conference in terms of attendance wise and then like demographics. And so it was really cool to see some, some like young up and comers doing well. Yeah. I, I kind of felt the same way. I, I had an expectation, um, in my, uh, in my area in Virginia, we've got, uh, more more young folks coming in but um there's a lot of what i would call like the old guard who um you know they they made the way for us to to come in and and make new market share and all that other kind of stuff but i thought it was going to be like very education heavy and uh, a lot of guys like talking about very technical things but um we went in with the the hope and the dream to find out how to hire folks um, mm. and learn more of the business side of it. While I also could get like all of my CEs for the year right there, we also want to make some good contacts. So uh, we we're excited to, to meet y'all and uh, get connected with the guys at IEB. And yeah, uh, that really, I mean, that was, that was like a, a catalyst. It just set us off into uh, a very different way of doing things. So it was a, it was a pivotal time for sure. Man, that's the win out of conferences. I feel like is those relationships that lead to learning elsewhere. I always thought too, the industry conferences would be more of that, but then IEB has filled that gap like 
a thousand percent. And so like, apparently they're, they are more equipped, I think, to, to handle that side of uh, growth and learning and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's funny too. Cause like I, um, I have just been reading uh, a book by, um, I'm going to pull it up really quick. Um, Judy Robinette, but called how to be a power connector. Mm. Um, and she has like a whole, like couple of chapters about like meeting people in, in certain places and like how to operate at a conference. Uh-huh. Um, and I got to think back about that specific time of like, man, how, how great it was to make certain connections that have really changed the trajectory, like I said earlier. Um, and, and it, it was really refreshing to kind of like remember back what that was like uh, just meeting the right people. Did, were you doing some of the things in that book without knowing it or like, uh, subconsciously <laughs> connecting? Uh, yeah, yeah. Subconsciously. I mean, I'm, I'm more of an extroverted kind of guy. Um, I, I do recognize like I, I can be a little timid sometimes in like brand new places, um, in, in brand new situations, but being there with my wife, um, like she, she even saw like the, the IEB, um, table and was like, that's where we need to go. And then of course, like all of them made it really easy to have conversations. And we met Greg, Brian and Chris in right there. Um, and then y'all's table was like literally right next to it basically. And, and I was like, I want to go meet the Spectora guys. <laughs> yeah. It's just energy. I feel like I talked about that with the IEB guys, you know, a year or two ago of like, like-minded energy conferences are like such a fascinating, uh, like example of that, where you can see energy just attracting each other or bouncing off or just detracting each other, mm-hmm. depending on what people are looking for. And so, yeah, the conference game, I love it. Cause I'm, I can be the same way where I can be somewhat, um, I guess timid until I'm opened up or I meet someone like, you know, you guys or IEB guys. And then I'm like, then I just want to hang out and like, yeah. you know, talk about business for days. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, cool. So you answered kind of the call for originally, we were looking for small people that have built businesses in smallish towns, not necessarily mm-hmm. small towns, but smaller than the big metros. And that was what you answered, right? That's what you saw from Lorna. Yeah. Cool. So I'd love for you to just tell everyone a little about kind of your business and where you're located. And then we can talk a little bit about your, your growth story. Cause I think I remember being a pretty cool one. Cool. Um, yeah, so we're, we're located, um, in the, in the Winchester area. So, um, that is about an hour and a half West of DC. Okay. And, um, our market is, is kind of outside of the Northern Virginia markets. So like we're the next, uh, populated area, mm-hmm. um, outside of, like Loudoun County, which is like one of the the, the highest um, like income per capita yeah, in, heard. in the country, mm-hmm. um, and then you move into DC uh, after you go through all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I started out um, in that Winchester area and has have since like expanded into a a few more counties we've got about an hour and a half radius uh Mm -hmm. where we'll go um and feel like that's kind of a if we didn't have that kind of a radius we we'd be struggling a little bit more but um the 
the market itself is, is interesting because I feel like we've been in a little bit of a bubble, uh, so to speak, like the pandemic happened and um, like this weird housing market is happening, but we've been somewhat safe um, because we're in a little bit of like a transition area too. Cause like we've mm-hmm. got some government uh, contractors in the area. We've got um, some big companies that have come in. We've got a Procter and Gamble um, building that came in and then an Amazon building that came mm-hmm. in. And so yep. like, it's, it's not like we have this metropolitan area, but we have a lot of people that have started to need to live here. Um, so it, it's spread out a, a fair amount, but it's still, uh, it's not like your, your DC or Houston yeah. or, you know, something like that. Um, What's the population of Winchester about? You know, I, I thought about answering that or finding that information before we got on here, but I, I got, I got busy today. Um, I, I mean, it's, I'll find out right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 27,000. Yeah. So yeah. Um, when I moved here, it was less than that uh, uh, for sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, 27,000 is, is not a small market, but it's also not a huge market. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the, the numbers are skewed as far as like how many houses have been sold uh, especially across the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, I think we, we are like a fourth of what Northern Virginia does. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll sell like 4,000 houses a month and we might sell 400, you know, so right, something, right. something like less than a quarter, of course, but like it's, it's, it's a very much smaller market in Winchester. And so uh, we also reach into, the West Virginia panhandle and kind of like, um, as interstate 81 goes South in, in Virginia, you can kind of go West into some, uh, West Virginia counties as well, <clears throat> as well. So let's rewind back. When, when did you guys get started? What year was that? Oh yeah. You asked me to do that too. Um, so we got started in, uh, in May of 2017. So we're just over 17. four years old. Just over four years old. Chabazo's old Spector, which is great. I love, I love when stories align like that. So you said you started in Winchester. That was kind of like your, was, what was the game plan back then? Or what were you doing before? And then I want to hear of like the come up story yeah, in yeah. Winchester. So um, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you the same story that I tell um, agents and clients when they ask. Um, so I I don't have the construction background that most agents expect from a from an inspector. Um, I I was in two warehouse jobs. I worked. Uh, I lived in Richmond, Virginia, for about five years after I graduated. The first company I worked for, I was the very first employee for. We we worked out of their two car garage. Um, and it was a, it was a fountain pen retailer. Um, and I mean, you'd never know it, but there's like a, there's a, there's an underground market for everything. And I learned (laughs) that by being in the fountain pen industry. So, um, they are now, I think the largest fountain pen retailer in the world, at least online. What's the name? It's, it's the Goulet pen company. Um, like Robert Goulet. So G O U L E T. Okay. Cause I have a fountain and, pen sitting here that I got as a gift and I was like looking for the brand and everything. 
Oh yeah, so they they're not going to be a uh, they're not going to be the the brand at least they're just the people that sell. Um, but like like right here, yeah, that this is one that they um, uh, designed with Monteverde, uh, which is a, is a bigger company, and I've got like almost ten like sitting on my desk right here <laughs> because you know when you're there, yeah. Um, so I, I worked with them. Um, we, and this, this actually speaks to something that, that I've learned as a, as a business owner, but we, we had a misalignment. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted was different from what they had for me. So um, we parted ways and I started to work for Amazon mm-hmm. um, at one of their distribution centers down south of Richmond. Um, I was there for a year and a half. Um, did what I was told to do. I mean, it was, it was a placeholder. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that time I was dating my now wife, Sarah, and, um, she got a job up here in Winchester. She grew up, uh, in this area and decided to move back. And, um, through some, some connections, uh, got a job with a background screening company. Um, so I did that for about a year and a half and, what I learned in all of those situations was um, what I wanted out of work. I couldn't find um, working for somebody else, um, but also like in, in those structures, um, if I wanted to have responsibility or if I wanted to, um, you know, take on more uh, in that company, I would have to wait really long and work really hard. And then I, it's not even a guarantee. Um, and throughout my life, I had always said like, you know what, I want to own my own business doing this or doing that. And so the original idea is I was going to start a fly fishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I had guided off and on when I was in college and in my adult life. Um, and so I was like, well, I, I really enjoy this. Um, I think I'm kind of good at it and I, I kind of want to go for it. And so I looked at all of the, um, all the time and money and all that stuff to get started and, and startup actually was, was pretty intense. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at at least like 10 to $12,000 okay. just to get like my initial gear. Um, right. And then it was R and D to figure out like, a new river system that I, I didn't grow up on. Um, and then competing for business with other guys who have been established right. for 20 right. plus years. Um, and so eventually I realized if that's ever going to happen, I need to fund it with something else. Mm-hmm. And now I've realized like I, it's not, it's not even in the realm of possibilities where I, I would rather keep it as a hobby, but um so we looked at different industries and um, I realized I didn't want to be a real estate agent because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in sales. Um, yep. Little did I know when I started <laughs> my own business, I got my own sales job. Right, right. Um, but uh, so I, I talked to a couple of real estate agents and um, a mortgage lender, all who went to church with us. And um, they all said, um, we need good home inspectors because the guys who were here, um, either some of them are, you know, leaving the business yep. or, uh, they've, they've had, you know, bad run-ins or, um, there's just no variety and they're just all booked up. Right. So, um, 
I was like, all right, I'll look into what it, what it takes. And so the threshold of, of entry was accessible. And I thought, you know what? I, I like houses well enough. I like people. Um, I really like what I can offer in this business. So let's go for it. And the, and this is, this is something that's really cool as a part of the story <clears throat> is like how certain people can help um, give you the catapult. So at that time, um, we, we had a new president at the company and he was a guy that like, he could see if, if somebody was really being fulfilled at that place or not, but he also really wanted to see people succeed in their lives. So <clears throat> he and I, um, we had a couple of conversations and I just told him, I was like, Hey, I, I really think I want to do this home inspection thing but like, I don't have the time like to, to take off. Like I had barely any vacation. I had no sick time left. Like there, there was just no, no way of making it happen. And to the chagrin of all of his higher ups, he's like, Hey, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do this. Cause it was a two week ashy class that I needed to take mm -hmm. to get, you know, started. And so he let me do it. And, um, like he knew full well, that meant that I was going to leave right. his company. Um, and so I was like forever grateful wow. for that guy. Um, wow. That's special. And then, you know, went, went from there. That's special. That, that you must have good karma that came back to you for something or, <laughs> or just treated people right. Because yeah, as a, as a now employer yourself, you kind of like, you had a good example modeled to you of like really looking out for people and caring about their path and journey. And that's, that's really cool. What a, Absolutely. what a way to get into it. So, okay. So you take your class and you step out and you're like, I'm a home inspector now. Um, yeah. What was that like getting done with school and then being in the industry where you probably felt like an outsider to a degree? Um, you know, I did when I got into business and yeah. What was that like? What'd you do next? So from there, um, part of Virginia's um, requirements are um, you have to take your classes and you have to do 25 ride-alongs okay. um, with a licensed inspector. And I had gotten a few of those done while I was still employed. Um, but then after I left, um, I got hooked up with a guy who's like a 40-year veteran. Um, mm -hmm. And like really just, I was a sponge for a long time. Um, and I did more than the, the 25 just cause like, I, I felt like I needed to have that. Um, and then we also have to take a national home inspector exam. I'm sure yep. you've probably heard of that. Yep. And, and I had to take it twice. Um, <laughs> and, and that, that really bummed me out when I yeah. failed the first time. Um, but, uh, it was, it was funny. I was at a ride along and I got my first call. Um, and it was from, it was a guy who, uh, or it was, it was actually a lady who called because of a agent who is now like my top agent. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was using somebody else and all this other stuff, but he, uh, she had called and asked for an inspector and he's like, yeah, call Ben Moorhead. Um, and like, she didn't know it was my very first one. <laughs> and, um, the funniest part about it is the house that I was inspecting was the next street over from where I lived. No kidding. Yeah. So I could like see my backyard from, wow. from the deck on that, on that house. Um, so I, I did that one and, and I'll admit like, and, and 
I know everybody else has felt this way, but like I walked in, I was like, I, I kind of know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like I opened up the um, the HVAC, the the air handler in the attic, and I I sat there and looked at it for probably three minutes, <laughs> trying to figure out what I should be seeing. Right. Um, right. And and I you know there were there were some very obvious things that that helped me like create a good report, but um, you know all of my processes and stuff that I have now. Um, you know, if I, if I looked back and saw, you know, the four, four years prior me doing an inspection, I'd be like, what? <laughs> what are yeah, you doing? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no clue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, from there, um, it was just counting, counting small victories. You mm-hmm. know, I, I had that one and I think I had one inspection my first month. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily I had gone like part-time with the other company. Okay. So I was able to kind of market and work at the same time. But um, I just kind of slowly started to get better and better. I learned some things from uh, from some sales videos and things. My, my wife actually, uh, she, when she was in college, worked for a company called Southwestern. Um, and she would go door to door selling books. Um, mm. and she learned a lot of sales techniques wow. and so we had some conversations and, um, she pointed me to some resources like Zig Ziglar and, yeah. um, you know, some of the like big time sales folks. And so I, I just took some of that in and, um, I also called, um, a, a mortgage lender who I know had, survived and actually his 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 business plateaued and and increased a little bit over the uh the 2008 market so i was like well he did something right to not you know go under during that time so i talked to him and we did some mentoring uh we met probably five six times and he gave me kind of a uh a framework uh that resembles a lot of what in IB they call like the five by five. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like making sure that you have a plan for who you're going to contact, how many people you're going to call. Um, and then, you know, just kind of doing it. He said, you should probably try and make, you know, 10 phone calls a day. And I was like, screw it. I'm doing 20 calls a day. Uh-huh. Um, and some days the, the, the phone felt like it was a thousand pounds and I, I wouldn't make the, the phone call. But, um, you know, after I did that, I started to get meetings and, and start to, you know, really impress folks, not just not, I mean, I had nothing to impress them with them as far as my pedigree goes. Mm-hmm. So I had to build the relationship and, and essentially make promises and then follow through with those promises. Um, pressure on yourself. And, yeah. And, and actually I, I had an inspection this morning and I told the, the agent, cause she, we were there for three hours and, and there was no, no cell service. So she was, you know, she actually started to talk to me rather than just playing on her phone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, she asked and, and I realized like in that, in that conversation that at the, at the very nitty gritty of my, uh, of my growth, it was, building relationships with folks, um, and treating them, treating them well, going above and beyond, but also making promises and follow th- following through with them. Um, 
And I think that's a huge thing um, that we can do as um, as small business owners, but but even in in our personal relationships, you know, it's it's all about building trust with these with these folks who like a lot of times they are using somebody who they've used for a long time or they've been burnt by somebody so their trust has been broken. So like creating an opportunity for trust and then always coming back and like making sure that that trust is being honored, I think has been a big part of my, of my business growing. And there's folks who I've, who I've been targeting for years on years who just, they, they just don't want to come around. And I still treat them with respect and, and honor and try and build the trust with them. And maybe they'll call me, maybe they won't. But in the very beginning, that used to just burn me up. I'm like, why don't these people want to work with me? It was like right. such a personal thing. Um, but in my journey over the last four years, it's actually been, um, uh, I, I, I take less and less of a personal, um, affliction from somebody saying no to me. Um, and that, a lot of that too has been, uh, from the community that I've been a part of with, uh, other inspectors and, and especially through, through IEB and, you know, people are listening to this podcast and they're probably like, he talks about that that company a lot. And I mean, it, it's for, for a good reason. I mean, that's been pivotal. They are, they do, they're doing amazing things for our business. It's been pivotal for us to even be associated. And I, I feel like I've attended a couple conferences as an inspector because I've been there and soaked up so much. Um, I want to dig into something that you, you said it so casually, like it's just a part of who you are, but I, I don't think it comes natural to a lot of inspectors. When you first started out, you sought out resources. You thought you knew what you didn't know. And you were, you had the humility to say, I'm going to go learn how to market and sell. Um, and some of them found you, your wife obviously sent you some resources, but that's a whole different approach than a lot of inspectors. If you don't know a lot of them, obviously just say, well, just tell me what to do. Do I bring candy bowls to the office? Do I, uh, what, what's the, what's the blueprint or the strategy as opposed to let me work on myself and how I, you mm-hmm. know, and my psychology and how I connect with people was that just second, was that just like a natural instinct to you to learn those, learn from, you know, the greats and some of those books? You know, um, the, what, I guess what I'm hearing you, you ask is like, is the pursuit of knowledge outside of myself natural? And, yeah. and I would say, I would say yes. Um, I, I've always sought out, um, I guess mentorship or or support from men or women uh, who are older and more more experienced and wiser than me. Um, and by the way, you're going to hear a lot of uh, noise. My wife just got home. <laughs> hey, hey, all good, man. Um, the um, so yeah, one thing that I learned um, when I was in high school. Um, I, I was a part of a ministry called Young Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a big deal in yeah. Colorado, especially in Colorado Springs, but um, I did that. And, and one thing that was apparent was how important it was to have somebody in your life who could like speak things into your life and who could um, help you navigate through things. Um, and so 
that kind of kept going as I went through my adult life, my college life. Um, and I always was looking for somebody who could help me understand the next step. Um, some people were, were great at it. Some people weren't so great. Um, but when I got into this, I knew there was going to be a lot that I didn't know. Um, and like you said, you, you, if you don't know what you don't know, it's easier to pursue it. Um, my very best to um, find out like all of those areas where if I want to be really good at this, what do I need to understand and what do I need to know and what knowledge do I need to get better at? And, and for the, the beginning, it was like, I need to know more about houses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Step one. Yeah. Yeah. Know yeah. the job. Yeah. But like one of the goals was that my income with this business would allow my wife to stay at home. Mm -hmm. So if I was going to do that, um, I needed to be able to build the business relatively quickly as opposed to like, um, like depending on her salary for like a long time um, and then kind of slowly building. And I've done a hybrid of that, like for about the first year um, we did, we lived off of her salary and we were able to kind of pump stuff back into the business. Um, but in that time I had that, that small opportunity to, to build and grow both physically and mentally um, at a slower pace. And I think that was, that was uh, really big for me um, because the, the pressure was off in the way that like, I didn't have to just say yes to anything and everything that was coming my way. Uh, although I did that fairly often, but um, right. I, I wanted to make sure that I was, I was learning what I needed to learn. So I made time for those mentorship meetings and um, for the things that people asked me to do or like charged me to do, I would, you know, make sure that those were my highest priorities during the day. Um, but like some days it was, you know, you need to make 10 phone calls, I'd make 20. And then like, I had nothing else for the rest right. of the day. So it was like, all right, well, maybe I'll like clean the house or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> this is such an important point because I think all new inspectors need to think about this in terms of their personal runway, what their spouse, how their spouse is supporting them. Cause I, I do come across a lot of inspectors. You can almost feel the desperation and panic that this has to work in three months or else. And you're just setting yourself up for failure, right? It's uh, yeah. it takes longer than that. I'm curious how those first phone calls went. Um, because was there a sense of like a good old boys club in smaller towns where, where some of the agents kind of like you're the new guy or were they, was it, were some of them open to, to hearing you out? Like what did those first 10 calls look like? Yeah. Um, the it being a small town um i mean I, I still run into it there there are some agents um that you know that like they they talk to each other and they have their own dynamics and they are and their own folks um and they're and those relationships are strong so it's hard to break into right um most of it was like kind of the the courtesy oh, I don't recognize this phone number, so I'm going to answer it because maybe it's somebody who wants oh, to buy a house. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was pretty, most of the time it was pretty quickly like, hey, uh, 
I'm Ben Moorhead. I, I'm a home inspector. Like, and I'd fumble through it too. Like, I exactly. you know, maybe I know what I'm talking about. Maybe I don't. Um, but a lot of it, um, when I was making those phone calls, like I didn't know what the right thing to say was. Like, I'd kind of go off of those sales things, and and you know, how can I add value in, in the in the call? But most folks were were just like courteous, but you know. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I actually got I got a meeting with one of the top producers in the area who I'm still trying to get their business. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, like we can meet." And then like I get there, and one of her other agents is the one that's actually meeting me. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just proceeded to tell him like, "Hey, I've got." I want to meet this goal by the end of the year. Um, and, and at that point it was 75 inspections by the end of the year. Okay. Um, uh, and it was, it was literally just based on like the ashy levels of like inspector. They had like 75, 250 and like whatever the next one was. I don't, I don't remember, but um, I was like, I just want to meet that threshold. Um, but you set a goal and you put it out there, which I think I a lot of people and stop short. That was a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, Oh, that's a number. Cool. I'll hit that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had that meeting and, and because of my buddy who, um, who had given me the referral for my very first one, I was able to kind of use his influence to meet other folks and kind of like uh make my way into certain offices and stuff and i'd and i'd go into his office and just like sit and talk for a while and and see like certain agents come by and he'd be like hey you know come meet this guy he's brand new oh, um, yeah it was yeah and and again like if I knew that's what I was supposed to do, I might've even been too nervous to do it. Cause I like, I had, I would have had an intention. Um, but I was like, no, this guy's a friend. Like we we've played soccer together. Um, you know, we, we have some, some cool things that we can talk about. And it was, it was more like, okay, this is, this is just hanging out, but it turned out it was actually really beneficial, but I did have one phone call um, where I, it was a, it was a cold call. It was a gal that, um, I had somewhat of a connection with because I worked with her, um, with her husband's ex-wife <laughs> and, um, and so I called her up and, um, asked for a meeting and she was, she was available like the next day. And mm -hmm. so we, we got lunch and it was actually like a really, um, like fruitful conversation. We connected a lot on like why and how we want to do business. And then uh, she had a networking group she was going to right after and she invited me to go with her. And I, I then like joined that right then and there on the spot. And then um, like met with this, with this lady for um, like the next year, every week oh, wow. um, because of that group. And yeah. So because of that, it started to kind of expand. And so my network just started to naturally grow. And um, like, we haven't spent any money on advertising. Like we've never boosted a Facebook ad. We've, we've never like done a commercial or a billboard or anything like that. Um, I've been in commercials and I've been in Facebook ads because people trust what I do so much. 
Um, but we've never sought it out or like asked anybody to say, hey, like, I really want to do this. Can we do it together? Um, it's been more natural than that. And that's that's been a really cool thing just to kind of step back and watch every once in a while. It's just like, man, I didn't know any of these people four years ago. And now I have relationships with them where like, you know, I'm congratulating them on their on their kids that they're having and birthdays and all this stuff. And so it's 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 a really interesting uh, thing as a home inspector and even just in like the sales part of it is if you're building the relationship, that's that's what creates the trust that uh, that people want in that kind of thing. And especially in the small towns, I think that goes a long way. Huge. Yeah. And I'm thinking about that lunch and I'm guessing you talked a lot about uh, your goals and ambitions and you were vulnerable and these things that go into someone trusting you and vice versa and being a good listener. Um, these are the things that don't come natural to most home inspectors. And that's why I love that you told this story because it's like the way to do it. It's the way to go in all in on relationship building. And uh, that's the way it should be done. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit from there. So the, the networking just grows from there. And one thing I want to point out, it sounds like you just continually took action. Um, I hear a lot of home inspectors, they, they do it for like a week or two and they're like, well, I'm not getting any business, Kevin. Like, what do I do? And sometimes the hard answer is do that same thing for another six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. Uh, and then results come, they compound. And so I love that you just kept picking up the phone, kept trying to meet with people, kept going to networking groups. Um, so did you get to a point in that first or second year where you were kind of like, Oh crap, this is, this is kind of moving. The snowball is growing. Um, what now? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say in that, in that first two years, cause I, I can give you kind of our trajectory by the numbers, at least by, by inspection volume. Yeah. Uh, so like our first year, like I, I got the goal, 75 inspections for the year. You'd like um, on the nose? <laughs> yeah, on the nose. What? Um, and then the next year we did 275. Um, Beautiful. And then the next year we did over 400. And then this year we're, we're tracking to go over that. Um wow. And so at 275, uh, it, it felt very doable. Uh, I know, I know of inspectors who they do, you know, four or 500 a year just on their own. And, um, I used to get a little intimidated by that and like start to compare myself. But then I was like, you know what? Like they got their thing going. I got mine going. Their wives um, might hate them. Their kids might ever felt- see them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but at 275, I felt it was very doable. Um, and then that was actually the, that was the 2019 mm-hmm. uh, timeframe where we're like, all right, this is where if we want, if I'm going to get this busy times two or three or whatever, like we're going to need to hire somebody. Um, and that, that feeling was more like, I, I don't want to be the 500, 600 guy. Um, and I, I also see the value in like, well, this is a pretty good job. And like, if, if it can be as flexible for somebody else as it is for me, then maybe there's something there that somebody would want to join in. Um, and of course I've, I've learned a lot of like what makes, um, a company worth being a part of and, you know, being a leader that's worth following. 
Um, and, and full disclosure, I'm still learning a lot about that. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the best at that yep. by any stretch of the word. Um, but, uh, it was, it was a, about that point in 2019 that we decided like, all right, it, it's, it's getting to be enough to where I need help. So, uh, Sarah decided to leave her job and come and, and work with me. Um, and, and even more so now, like she's able to not really do much for me. Um, so like, that's, that's our biggest goal is like, she, she can be home and be a stay at home mom. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was it. It was just, it was just, it's, it's going on its own now. Like it, we're getting, we're getting, uh, referrals and we're getting work that we didn't ask for. So now like it's a big, it's a big boy company now. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. It's so exciting. I love that. Where, when did the expansion outside of kind of the small town happen and what was, was there a purposeful strategy to it or was it uh, kind of organic and that you called a few more realtors and the, the radius grew? Mm-hmm. So, um, naturally, so in, in our area, Winchester is like, is like a smaller section. And then we've got a, a bigger county and most folks kind of live in that county, but sometimes, you know, some go into Winchester for work. Most folks actually transplant uh, into DC and Northern Virginia okay. for, for work if they have like a really high paying job. Um, and so by starting off in, in Winchester, it, it did naturally grow into the surrounding county. Um, but then as, as some of my connections uh, extended out into other places, it was like, hey, I would love to, you know, work in this area or that area. And I, would, I realized too, like, there are certain folks who are worth pursuing because everybody just keeps talking about them. So like, there's this, there's this great agent uh, in, in the county below us who I've gotten to build a great relationship with. In fact, I did a pop by uh, before we did this, uh, and said hi to her, but, um, you know, we, we got to build a relationship and it was based off of some of my social media presence. And that's not something that I would, I would tout as like a strength of mine. Um, but it, it goes in spurts. Like I, I'll start to like post pictures or videos and things like that. And nothing is like overly funny or overly, um, educational. Um, but we, um, I, I put enough out there to where she was like, you know what, like, I like the way that this guy does this. So, um, I think we should try and like reach out to him. Mm -hmm. And I think somebody from her office called me for an inspection and I was like, Oh, like didn't expect to get one from her. And then I just like reached out to her was like, Hey, I'm just curious, like, how did you hear about us? And what, what made you want to call for an inspection? She's like, honestly, I saw you, saw your social media. Um, and it was in line with the way that we do things. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Didn't what do you think she that. was referring to? Yeah. What, what type of stuff were you posting or what was she, what do you think she was referring to? At that time, um, I was doing more, um, like situational, you know, I, I think I, I had just done a video on, how like shingles can be damaged by limbs that just sway across them. Okay. Um, and it was like, it was a 
telltale, like perfect example where, I mean, it, it literally looked like somebody had taken a knife and just cut through it. And so I just explained that and was like, hey, these are the kind of things that you can find if you do inspections with us, like give us a call. And I was doing a lot of stuff like that, okay. um, more educational based. And then every once in a while, you know, it'd be like a, a picture of a, of a great view. Um, but um, it was more, more that than anything. And, you know, I've, I have recently um, gotten a, uh, like a, like a posting war with a, with a local guy. And we've been trying to like one up each other with like funny things that we find in attics and, and stuff like that. But um, it's not, it's not planned out. It's not a strategy by any means, but uh, it's, it's helped. It won't, I won't say it's like a thing that we we right. can measure, but it's helped. I love that. I, and that's, this is how, what I usually guide inspectors on based on what I see and what I used to see as an agent is make it a part of your strategy. It's hard to, to like make it a major part of your overall growth strategy. But what I heard was helpful and then funny. And like, I feel like social media, it's got to hit one of those two. It's got to be helpful, entertaining uh, in some way or else don't even do it. Like don't mm. even bother, but it sounds like you kind of just did it other than knowing you need to do social media. You kind of just were like, Hey, I'm just going to put some helpful stuff out into the world and, and see what comes back. And that, that right there is a great example of how to use social media. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, as you say that, I remember the, the beginning days, um, I would count it as my job to do at least one like educational Facebook post a day mm-hmm. and like I'd be on vacation and I was like hey I just I, I need to find an article and I need to write a post and and then I'll be done um but I think like you said earlier the uh the consistency compounds yeah so I did that every single day for probably two months wow um, and then I started to get busier and knocked it down to like two a week um and then now it's it almost never happens, but, um, but then again, if I'm getting business, then that that's okay. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that that was out there. Cause that was a, that was a pivotal part of the, of the beginning too, like making the phone calls, but also the posts. I like that. I like that. Um, and can you speak a little to the, uh, the natural imposter syndrome that we all feel and the vulnerability of putting a post out there? Cause I think, so much of it is up here with, with putting something into the world that you know how to talk about that you're, you know, an expert or at least more of an expert than everyone else in. How did you overcome like hitting that publish button? Um, you know, it was, it was leaning on, on others information. Um, I would essentially look for things that I knew, I knew were issues or things that people needed to know about, but instead of um, making, making it my own opinion or making it my own words, I would find articles that would say exactly what I wanted it to say. And then I would say, hey, like, this is an important thing to look for. Um, check this article out and, and learn more. You know, it's kind of that kind of a formula. Um, and then eventually as like, I saw more stuff more regularly at houses, or I could, I could authoritatively say like, I know this is an issue and people need to know about it. 
I would do it then uh, without like the support of something else. But, you know, I, I think it's important for folks to know um, the your job on on an inspection is not to be the smartest person in the room. And in fact, you might be the smartest person in the room, um, but it's not your prerogative or your job to let people know. And whenever you start to um, like shut people up with your knowledge or start to peacock and, and stuff like that, <laughs> it, it doesn't bode well. And if you can go in and humbly, um, you know, know what you know and know what you don't know, um, it makes it a lot easier when, when you find something that stumped you and you can say like, yeah, I just don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to research it and find out for you. And I'll let you know later. Um, but I, I had somebody tell me that right at the beginning is like, don't, don't try and BS people cause they can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I, I found myself kind of like, trying to talk my way through something. And eventually I, I kind of like, I, I got to the point where I needed to be, but I really could have probably put that person at ease a little bit better by saying like, Hey, I, maybe I'm going to think about this while we're doing the inspection. I might come back to it. Um, but trying to like, just throw words out until you, you get there. You're just like buying time until you get right. where you're going. I, it, People know what you're doing um, and they can tell when you start to ramble. I took some notes because I, I, one of these is going to be the title of this, this episode. Cause yeah, those are such good quotes and, uh, and kind of uh, Ben isms to, to live by for new inspectors. Cause yeah, it's, it's a very much still an industry of kind of beating the chest and trying to show how much, you know, as opposed to um, just being real and authentic with people. Um, Absolutely. And new inspectors, there is that insecurity of like, I have to show what I know versus just being like a good, likable person that's going to look it up later. Totally okay. Yeah, yeah. And the the, the funny part about that, and, and, I, and I'm like remembering now what that was like. Um, I mean, it, it, there's there's a humbleness and a vulnerability that people actually respond well to. Yes. Um, and, and like you said, it's, it's in your head. It's the, it's the comparison that you're doing to other inspectors or to, you know, maybe there's an agent who was like a class A contractor and like they, they most likely know more than you do at that point. If right, you're a new right. inspector yep. and you don't have a background. Um, and I mean, I remember, doing a job for, for a guy like that. Um, he was impressed by my you know personality and my, my outlook on everything. Um, but I, I told him, uh, at an inspection one time, it's like, Hey, I think you probably know more about this thing than I do. So do you mind if I ask you some questions? Cause I know you've had experience building houses. Amazing. And, and it, and it went well. <laughs> oh. but it was it was really nerve-wracking I was like ah maybe I shouldn't let right. him know that I don't know what I'm talking about but <sighs> he stepped out in confidence and and I mean the worst that he's gonna say is no and I mean if the guy never calls you again because he doesn't think you know anything like there's there's plenty of fish in the sea like one of the things that we 
have as a value in our company is, is abundance. There's always enough to go around, whether it's for other inspectors, other companies, or it's like, well, we lost this one, but like there's so many real estate agents in the, in the world. Like there's, there's other people and other opportunities. Man, that to me, the majority of our industry, I don't know what percentage would probably never say that, but it's the exact thing. Like you said, that makes it endearing. That makes people say people are attracted to humility. I think that's just, you, mm-hmm. you hit on, you hit on something strong there. Even when you mentioned you'll go and find articles that, um, you know, thoroughly describe a defect or something, you know, in a one-on-one article on shingles and particular defects that to me right there is also humility because you're just saying, Hey, here's a great resource on this. I just found it for you. Whereas a lot of inspectors mm-hmm. will rack their brain and think they have to be the one to regurgitate this article and say it in their words. And it takes humility yeah. to say like, Hey, I'm just educating you. I just found this. So I love that. Yeah. I really like that. Well, and, and that, that is like, that's right on, on par with like our mission and, and our, and our vision of our company. Like our mission statement is that we, we educate to alleviate fear so that you can take the next step with confidence. Like that's good. How, how you educate somebody doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't have to be you. You just have to give them the resources to make a confident decision. Sometimes they buy the house, sometimes they don't. But our our goal is met every time we educate somebody thoroughly. Gosh, everyone needs to have that mission, man. The mission and vision. I know it's IEB stuff and we keep ta- talking about it, but yeah, it's powerful, the mission and vision stuff. Absolutely. So speaking of that, um, we got a couple minutes left. I want to respect your time, but I want to hear kind of about what you're looking forward to. Um, cause I know IEB gets, gets the juices flowing for everybody. And, um, even, you know, for us, it gets us thinking about who we want to be in the future. So what, what's ahead for you and in, in old town? Yeah. Um, I, it, it's funny. I think that can, that can sometimes be, um, uh, a moving target. Um, and, and I actually listened to, uh, a podcast the other day by Jocko Willink, um, where he, he mentioned like you, your, your goal needs to meet your means. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't want to be, I, I like, I, if I wanted to be an NBA basketball player, like it's just not going to happen because of my means. Right. Um, so if you know what your capabilities are and you know what you're, uh, you're able to do, then you can, you can more clearly create your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been thinking about that a lot. The intent um, that I have is I would love for my business to get to a point where like, I don't have to be the face. Um, and, and I can, I can let old town inspection be a, you know, a, a force to be reckoned with, so to speak. But the, the, the people that I bring into my company would um, be able to represent it in a way that is like their own, but also like the culture that we've created. Um, and so, yeah, like I could, I could tell you, you know, we want to be a million dollar company or whatever. And like, if that happens, then that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, but if, if that's the goal and it, and it means that um, I don't actually have time with my family, then it's not a good goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dirk Van Rienen actually said something uh, some, sometime last year or earlier this year. He said, you can, you can build the best company in the world, um, but you can have nothing at the same time. Um, and that really struck me because I was, I was chasing this uh, 
um, you know, I want to have 10 inspectors, you know, I want to be the next whatever, you know, ProTech or RA or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And um, I realized like one, there, there may be a lot more headaches there than I actually <laughs> think about or know about. Um, but two, um, what, what is it that I want out of life? I want to, I want to provide well for my family. I want to spend time with them. I want to be an engaged father and husband. Um, but I also want to create a company that, um, that helps support folks and give them things that, that they can fulfill things in their own life. Um, I would love to get to a point where I'm not the guy that's doing inspections so that I can put more effort into doing all that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably three to five inspectors before I get there. Um, but that also means like a support staff and some other things. And so um, I need to learn more about leading people who are not just home inspectors, but who also need to have goals and, and things like that. So on the horizon, um, you know, that, that's, that's what I'm, what I'm chasing is how can I, how can I make Old Town Inspection a company that, um, that gives people an opportunity to live a life that they want to live. Um, and so if that's, if that's flexibility, awesome. Like if that's, if that's good pay, then, you know, is it as an inspector or do they want to be at a, at a management or director level in our company one day? Um, you know, how can I get my company to be a place that has directors in it? Um, so it's, it's an interesting and fun time uh, to, to be in business. Um, it's definitely not without its frustrations. Uh, you know, sometimes you go here and then you go way down, <laughs> so, you know, you're all over the place, but yeah. um, that's small business ownership. Um, but my, my whole goal is to hopefully uh, create something that, that, really impacts people's lives. That's so well said. And you're clearly on the way there. And I've no doubt you'll get there already with the way you speak about it. Uh, you know, you speak about it as if you're, you've done it all already, which is pretty wisdomatic uh, in itself. So I'm here for it. I want to support you on the journey, man. Um, thanks so much. If, if people want to, this has been great. I, I, I love all the wisdom you kicked. If people want to network with you, contact you, ask you questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, I'll give you my, my personal information. Um, of, of course I'm on Facebook. Uh, so is our company. Uh, my phone number is 540-320-8554. Um, my email is ben.morehead at oldtowninspection.com. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's the social media stuff as well, but I'm, I'm happy to, uh, engage with folks. Um, it's, it's easy to want to hold on to information. So you don't like train your competition or whatever, but that's, that's bogus. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to, happy to hear from folks and, and help folks, um, who want to, who want to grow or, you know, just learn how to break into a new market. Awesome. I think new inspectors, they can't do this enough in terms of reaching out to people that have, have been where they want to go. Um, I still don't see it happening as much. I know it's hard to do and it's scary when you're brand new and you don't know anything to just hit up a guy like you, but I want to see it more because I think the people that I know and believe in and really respect and care about in this industry, um, you guys have so much knowledge and you've done it, you know? And so hopefully this podcast is a means to learning for someone else too. Of uh, Yeah, I, I certainly hope the same thing. And um, 
if, uh, if anybody is, is, is listening and, um, you know, is impacted by it, I would love to know. Um, and I also would like to put it out into everything. We, we would love to bring a couple more folks on. So we're, uh, we're open for, you know, people inquiring and, and interviews yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's our biggest need right now. It's people, want- good people. Yeah. Have good people. And now more than ever, I think new inspectors need to be open of the idea of coming into someone else's vision, learning over the years, whether it's a lifetime job or a two year stop, three year stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that's the best way to learn because some people just, uh, they're not ready to go at it on their own and they, they do need to fold into someone else's vision and grow there. So, um, yeah, anyone in your Metro area, hit them up. <laughs> Absolutely. Right on. Hey, well, thanks for taking this hour with me, man. This is great. Um, I think this will be a great episode. I'll send it through all all the IEB folks too, and uh, I'm sure they'll share it. Awesome. All right, brother. Hey, keep rocking, man. Keep growing. Um, Let us know how we can support you. And uh, yeah, let's check in again soon. Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited for it. And hey, Spectora, y'all have changed my my business. I mean, a hundred, hundred times. It's I can send stuff out the same day and I can do like very comprehensive stuff. Um, And I went from uh, writing reports at one in the morning because there's so much going on uh, to being able to come home and like eat dinner with my family and not worry about it. Um, I mean, that's a huge impact. Um, So if anybody is looking to potentially make the switch, I mean, it's a no brainer. Don't even worry about what it costs or anything like that. Like it's tally the cost of what your, your life looks like and what the value is there. And I think you're, you're going to come out on top if you go to Spectora. Well said, man. Time is money. Stress is money. A lot of currencies out there. (laughs) All right, man. Well, have a great rest of your day and uh, we'll talk soon. Later on. All right. See you. Thank you